Chapter twenty seven of Hands of Iceland by Victor Hugo, translated by Abby Langdon Alger. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sonia. Chapter twenty seven. Ah, here comes our lovely countess. Forgive me, madam, if I may not have the honor of a visit from you today. I am busy. Another time, dear countess, another time. But today I will not detain you longer. The Prince and Orsina. The day after his visit to Munkholm, the governor of Trondheim ordered his travelling carriage to be made ready very early in the morning, hoping to start off before Countess Dahlefeld was awake, but we have already observed that her slumbers were light. The general had just signed his final instructions to the bishop, into whose hands the government was to be committed during his absence. He rose, put on his fur-lined coat, and was about to leave the room when the usher announced the chancellor's wife. This piece of ill luck confused the old soldier, who could laugh at the fiery rain of a hundred guns, but not at the artifices of a woman. However, he took leave of the wicked creature with a tolerably good grace, and disguised his annoyance, until she whispered in his ear with that crafty look which would fain seem confidential. Well, noble general, what did he say? Who? Poel? He said that the carriage was ready. I mean the prisoner of Munkholm, general. Oh. Did he answer your questions satisfactorily? Why, yes, to be sure, countess, said the much embarrassed governor. Did you find proofs that he was concerned in the conspiracy among the miners? The general involuntarily exclaimed, Noble lady, he is innocent. He stopped short, for he knew that he had uttered the conviction of his heart, not of his head. He is innocent? repeated the countess with a look of consternation and incredulity, for she trembled lest Schumacher had really proved to the governor the innocence which it was so much to the chancellor's interest to deny. The governor had had time to reflect. He answered the persistent gentlewoman in a tone which quieted her fears, for it revealed his doubt and anxiety. Innocent, yes, if you choose. If I choose, general. <laughs> and the wicked woman laughed aloud. Her laughter offended the governor, who said, By your leave, countess, I will report my interview with the ex-chancellor to the viceroy. Then he bowed low and went down to the courtyard, where his carriage awaited him. Yes, said Countess Dahlefeld as she returned to her rooms. Go, my knight-errant, for your absence rids us of the protector of our enemies. <laughs> go for your departure is the signal for my Frederick's return. I wonder how you dare to send the handsomest young man in Copenhagen to those horrid mountains. Luckily, it will be easy enough now for me to have him recalled. At this thought, she turned to her favorite attendant. Lisbeth, my dear, send to Bergen for two dozen of those little combs which our elegant young men are wearing in their hair. Inquire for the famous Scudery's last novel, and see that my dear Frederick's monkey is washed in rose water every morning without fail. What, my gracious mistress? asked Lisbeth. Is there a chance that Mr. Frederick will come back? Yes, indeed, and we must do everything that he wishes so that he may be glad to see me again. I must arrange a surprise for him. Poor mother. End of chapter 27